listening to the Learning to Believe Again podcast with your host, Brittany Bexton. Where do you begin when you're learning to believe again? Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This week, I want to talk about how to make godly decisions and let God lead you, especially when you are working towards not only walking in God's will, but even into a promise that he's given you. How do you walk that out in daily life? How do you walk that out in decision making? So I'm going to mention a couple of verses that we're kind of going to base this off of. Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So we're to seek the kingdom first. We're to seek God first. So when we make decisions, sometimes we're faced with decisions and we do not know what the right thing is to do. But it says, seek God first and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. That also means guidance. You know, sometimes we are faced with decisions and there are good opportunities, but we want to choose not just the good opportunities, but the right opportunities, the God opportunities. Because there can be good opportunities that are not God opportunities. There can be good things that are just not meant to be where you're meant to be in the moment. Because God wants you working in a different area or making connections somewhere else. So that leaves us in a position of how do we make the godly choice? Not just a good choice, but the godly one. Well, it says here in Matthew 6.33 that we seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So we have to seek God in our decision making. We have to ask him, Lord... Is this the way that you want me to go? Is this what you want me to do right now? Is this what you want me to focus on? Now remember, when we pray, we don't just talk. We have to listen. We have to listen for his answer. Now sometimes God doesn't answer right away or we're not clear about what he's saying. It's okay to seek godly counsel and someone who can pray with you and seek God with you to see if they're feeling or seeing anything in a particular direction. But also know this, if you're not getting a direct answer from God and you have been seeking him and you've been earnestly and honestly seeking him, not just doing it because it's what you know you're supposed to do, but doing it because you genuinely want to hear from the Lord. You genuinely want to do the right thing for him. If he has not given you a clear answer, it's probably because either option is okay or he trusts you to make the decision and he will use either thing as a lesson and an experience for you that will grow you. Now, I was talking to a friend earlier, you know, about how do we discuss when we know it's God? You know, if we've asked him and we've sought him, how do you tell someone this is how you know it's God? Because in reality, the enemy speaks to us too. And it says in the word, in the scriptures, that the enemy comes dressed as an angel of light. So sometimes the enemy will say things that seem like God. 
I've also heard people say, you know, seek peace, where the peace is, follow the peace. But, you know, there are instances where the thing that God is calling us to is actually the thing that is way out of our comfort zone. And if someone is looking to just seek peace, they might actually be seeking complacency and not peace because the thing that God is calling them to is outside of their comfort zone. The enemy likes to pretend to be the thing of God, but the false peace that the enemy gives doesn't last and it doesn't bring peace long term. The peace of God truly brings peace and good things long term. Now, I would say that there is a difference. There is. But in all honesty, if you're not used to hearing from the Lord on the regular and you haven't really built that relationship with him yet, it might be hard to tell what's God and what's the enemy. But I just want to encourage you with this. If you are new to your walk with the Lord, if you're new to hearing from God and speaking to him, God is gracious God honors the desires of our heart when we seek him. God says, seek me and you will find me. Ask and and you will be answered. He responds to us. So if we have sought him and we haven't heard clearly, he's going to be gracious. If we seek him earnestly, he will be gracious enough to give us an answer. God wants us to seek him. And if we seek him, he wants to give us an answer. And if we're not clear about what is him speaking, or you get it wrong at times, God is gracious. He's not going to hold that against you. He cares about your heart, and he cares about the fact that you came to him. Now, I will just encourage you with that, that he is gracious. He will speak. He is also gracious when we mess up and don't get it right, because we're learning how to hear from him better. But if it's something that's really important, he will make things clear. Totally and utterly clear. He will make it clear. And if you really are seeking him and you're not turning away from what he's shown you or his instructions, you can just trust that he'll take care of you in that. And if it is something that he has not made totally clear, and maybe you did take the wrong path, I guarantee that God can bring good out of that because he honors us with answers when we seek him. He wants to be sought and he wants to be found. And if we misunderstand, he's not going to just leave us there because we messed up. Does a parent leave a kid when they're trying to learn and they don't get it right? Do they just let a kid fall off a bike when they take the training wheels off? No. A parent helps the child learn to ride, and then if the child falls, the parent picks them back up and they try again. God does the same thing with us. He loves you. You are his child. He desires for you to seek him, and he desires to give you answers. And if you don't get it right the first time, he will continue teaching you. Hearing from the Lord is really a process in the sense of, We seek him and he answers, and we don't always understand what it is to get an answer from him in the beginning. But he is so good and faithful to train us up in what his voice sounds like. I'm going to use the gift of discerning of spirits as an example. So the gift of discerning of spirits 
helps you to discern what is the devil or demons, what is God, and what is the human will. It can also help you to discern people's intents, maybe their false intents through what they're saying. They might be saying one thing, but you're able to discern their actual motives. It can also help you to discern the feelings of people around you or what's going on in the spiritual atmosphere. But this gift is a very sensory gift, and it often takes time to develop. So sometimes when people have the gift of discerning of spirits, they suddenly will get hit with intense depression and not know where it came from. And they'll sometimes think it's them. And they'll sometimes think it's themselves. That it's them that's depressed. When in actuality, they came into contact with another person who was depressed. And feeling those feelings was a point of discernment about the other person. And they are supposed to intercede and pray for that person. But it might take some time for them to recognize, oh, wait, this happens to me when I'm around that person. I don't normally feel this way. And God is really gracious to teach us those things. I also know people have very different reactions to certain type of demonic activity. Witchcraft, for example. Some people, when they're around witchcraft, feel dizzy. Others feel nauseous. Others get a headache. Every person is going to have a slightly different version of discernment, even discerning the same things, because God speaks to each of us in very individualized ways. So I know in my own life, with the gift of discerning of spirits, the Lord actually allowed me to hear slander against one of my friends at one point. And when I first heard it, I thought that the enemy was trying to put a negative thought in my head about my friend. But I knew that that's not what I think about them. I was like, devil, you are a liar. I love this person. Back off. And I rebuked it. But it was about two months later, the Lord brought that up to me again. And he said, Brittany, that wasn't the enemy messing with your head. You heard slander against them in the spirit. And I need you to pray for them. And I need you to tell them to pray this over themselves. Well, guess what? A few days later... I found out that that person had been dealing with really intense slander and attacks from somebody that had been close to them. So I didn't recognize what that was right away. I didn't know that it was God giving me a point of discernment for that person. The Lord literally had to train me. And I learned through that experience, so I didn't get it right immediately. But God was gracious to give me the answer and speak to me about it. He will be gracious with you too. As you learn to seek him and as you do seek him, he will train you in how to hear his voice and how to know when it is him. He loves it when his children seek him and he will honor that. He will be found and he will speak to you. And if you don't get it right the first time, he will show you what to pay attention to the next time. He doesn't waste anything, even our mistakes. In Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to God and he will make your paths straight. 
So there are times that we're going to be faced with things that seem really scary, but it's actually what God is calling us to. And we need to trust God and not lean on what we think. You know, there was a time in my life when I had a really strong point of discernment about something in my business. And every time I had this point of discernment, it would make me feel really anxious. Like I had this total distrust towards this particular person. But that person had not given me any reason to distrust them. They acted like a friend. They were in touch with me all the time in regards to business stuff. And the kicker is that they had nothing to gain from lying to me. Absolutely nothing. They had no money to gain. There was no business notoriety that they could gain by lying to me. But something just felt wrong. And every time I would have this sense, I w- it even got as bad as me feeling like I was having a panic attack one day. I would try to talk myself out of it. I would try to lean on my understanding and talk myself out of what I was feeling because it made no sense. Logically, what they were doing made no sense. Logically, what I was feeling, this anxiety and this distrust towards them, made no sense. They had nothing to gain. They had no reason to lie to me. But guess what? They were lying. (laughs) When the chips fell, so to speak, it turned out they had lied to me for a long period of time. They kept adding lie upon lie, and every lie they gave me made sense. But it was a lie. And it made no sense why they would have lied to me. It made zero sense, but they did. And God was showing me God was giving me the discernment about it in my physical body. I was having literal anxiety attacks because of it. But I kept trying to convince myself otherwise. When God was speaking to me very clearly through my body, using that as a point of discernment. And because I didn't listen to what God was showing me in my body, the way he was giving me that point of discernment, it ended up really bad for me. The lie that they spoke to me because I didn't figure it out sooner was very, very, very detrimental to my career at the time. It had mega repercussions. It ended up causing me to lose a number of people that were working with me because of that lie. They weren't mad at me, but they had no choice. It caused a serious amount of damage to me and my career because I did not pay attention to that discernment. I had this anxiety come up and not nervousness, not something where it was like, I don't know how I can do that. God constantly calls us to things that are bigger than us. God constantly calls us out of our comfort zones. But this wasn't that. This was straight up anxiety. I had to take deep breaths at times to try to calm myself down and I was still struggling to do it. So... God will speak to us and we need to not lean on our own understanding. Sometimes logically we can't make sense of what's going on spiritually, but God knows. So we have to submit all of our ways to God and God will take every crooked path that we're on and every bit of confusion and he will bring clarity and he will make our paths straight. Just as it says in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to God and he will make your path straight.
So we have to submit to him and trust what he's showing us. But again, I learned a huge lesson from that. And part of what I learned was to not ignore those things that came up. I talked myself out of something that God gave me as discernment. We need to lean on his understanding, not our own. So seek the Lord in your decisions. You want to do the God thing that leads towards your destiny, not just the good thing. And trust that as you seek God, he will meet you there because he wants to be found. And he wants to give you answers and he wants to guide you. He loves guiding you. And as I said before, if you miss it or you don't get it right in that moment, he'll teach you and he won't let anything go to waste. I also want to mention that just because a door that you think is your door does not open right away, it doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't your door. Sometimes we feel like this is it. This is that moment that I've been waiting for. And then nothing happens. You still feel like you're at a standstill. And especially when we're walking towards promises or we're expecting things because God has clearly given us a prophetic word or a promise or spoken something to us. Sometimes we come to these moments where it's like, this is it. This is it. This is that moment. This has to be the moment where it turns. I just have this feeling. But then nothing shifts, nothing changes. There's still a delay. You still feel stuck. And it's like, why? Why is it not opening? It can be easy in those moments to think, well, I was wrong. Now, sometimes maybe, maybe you're, you were wrong. Maybe it wasn't the thing. You know, Abraham was given a promise by God when he was already an old man <laughs> to have Isaac, his promised son. But after a long time of waiting, Abraham and Sarah thought, well, maybe this is how God wanted to do it. And instead of having a baby with his wife, he had a baby with the help their maid. He probably thought that that was the right thing. Maybe this is how God wants to do it. But there was a sense of compromise in that. Maybe this is how God wants to do it. It wasn't really God-led. So he did get it wrong that time. God came and corrected him. God said, no, that's not what I want you to do. I'll still, you know, take care of Ishmael, but that's not your promised son. Your promised son is with your wife, Sarah. So God came and gave the correction and the promise still stood. Abraham messed up. He thought the door was the right door. It wasn't the right door. It wasn't the right option, but God still honored his promise to him. So sometimes there will be times that maybe we think, oh, this is the way, but it's not. But then there are times that it is. It is the right door. It is the right opportunity. It is the right connection, but it doesn't open. It doesn't budge. I just want to encourage you that just because you don't see a change immediately does not mean that it's the wrong door or the wrong opportunity or the wrong connection. Sometimes it's the right connection, but you meet resistance. You know, Daniel prayed to God for guidance and help. And just as soon as Daniel prayed, God sent help. But then when the angel Gabriel got to Daniel to tell him what the Lord sent him to say, it had been 21 days. So God answered immediately, but it still took 21 days. And Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, tells Daniel why. He says he came right away. God answered right away, but he got held up in the heavens because of a territorial spirit 
the prince of Persia, that resisted him and tried to keep him from Daniel. So God had already sent the answer. It was already on its way, but it met resistance. And there was a fight that had to go on in the heavenlies before Daniel could get his answer. So God had answered, but it had to come down from heaven to earth still. And there was a fight in the spiritual realm before that could happen. And Daniel continued to pray and God took care of it. And the archangel Michael came and fought and withstood the prince of Persia so Gabriel could get to Daniel. So there are times that we will deal with that. We'll deal with resistance in the spiritual realm. And in that sense, we just have to keep pressing into God and keep decreeing God's promise and keep standing on the promise of God and don't speak against it and pray in tongues and do the spiritual warfare and let God lead you into what you need to pray and do because he will lead you how to pray and what to pray. But then there are also times that we're not meeting resistance and it's not that it's the wrong door or the wrong opportunity or the wrong connection. It's actually the right one but it's just not the right time yet. So maybe you have actually felt in your spirit, this is it, and maybe it is, but it's just not the right time. We see in Genesis 40 and 41, that's part of the story of Joseph, which we've talked a little bit about in this series of pressing toward the promise. We've talked about the story of Joseph. So at this point in the story, Joseph is in prison he seems really far away from his promise. I mean, really far away. He's supposed to be ruling and people are going to bow down to him. That's the dream that God gave him. And here he is in prison as a prisoner. But then the baker and the cupbearer end up in prison with Joseph and they need dreams interpreted. Well, Joseph is not only a dreamer, he's a dream interpreter from the Lord. So he gives them the godly interpretation of their dreams. And unfortunately for the baker, it didn't end well. But the cupbearer got the good news that the king or or Pharaoh was going to bring him back into the palace. And when Joseph gave him this, the cupbearer was thankful and relieved. And Joseph said, just do me one thing. Remember me when you go back to the palace. Remember me and tell the king about me. So in that moment, Joseph knew in his spirit, this is my moment. This is my moment. It will finally all come to pass. Here I am in prison and I've met someone from the palace and they're going back to the palace. God's bringing them back to the palace. In his spirit, he knew this was his chance. This was his opportunity. This was his door. This was his freedom. This could be the thing that led him into the position that God had given him the dream about. And he said to the cupbearer, just please remember me and tell Pharaoh. So the cupbearer gets released, just as Joseph said from the dream interpretation, just as he prophesied from the dream interpretation, the cupbearer goes back to the palace. He works with the king again. And can you imagine being Joseph? You think it's finally my moment. It's finally my moment. He'd been there in prison He had been through so much, but now he's there in prison and he thinks, this is finally my moment. This person, this connection has come along to do this for me. And then guess what happens? The cupbearer does not remember him. And for two more years, not two days, not two weeks, not two months, two more years, Joseph sits in prison because the cupbearer did not remember him. 
until one day Pharaoh has a dream and Pharaoh needs that dream interpreted. Well, guess what? In that moment, the cupbearer remembered Joseph and realized that he had messed up, but he told Pharaoh about Joseph and that Joseph had given accurate dream interpretations. And in that moment, it was Joseph's moment. Pharaoh freed him from prison. Pharaoh took his dream interpretation and Pharaoh put him in the position that God had prophesied to him and promised him through a dream in the beginning. So that cupbearer that Joseph thought was his chance was, but it wasn't in the timing that Joseph would have expected. Joseph still had to wait. And sometimes that's us too. Sometimes it seems like the door's right and God has even told us that it is. This is it. But then it doesn't move right away. Well, we have to trust in the Lord and not lean on our own understanding. Because sometimes it's the right thing, but there's an exact Kairos, God-ordained time for it. You see, if Joseph had been remembered by the cupbearer immediately, Pharaoh might have let him out, but he might not have. And even if he did, Pharaoh wouldn't have put him in a position in the palace or in the kingdom because he wouldn't have had any reason to. It had to be that moment when Pharaoh had the dream because Pharaoh needed Joseph to interpret that dream. That dream was part of the promise because Joseph wasn't just going to be put in a position of power for power's sake. It was to save people. He needed to interpret Pharaoh's dream. And in order for him to have his promise fulfilled, it had to be at that exact time because it was the dream interpretation that he gave to Pharaoh that put him in the position of power to save the lives of many. And if the cupbearer had remembered him as soon as he was out of prison, it wouldn't have put Joseph in the position that he needed to. He would have met Pharaoh. Maybe he would have been freed. But he would not have been able to save the lives of many or be put into the position in the kingdom that was promised to him. So we have to seek God. And we have to trust God. And we have to not lean on our own understanding but let God direct our paths and make our paths straight and trust in the Lord and his timing. Now, this doesn't mean don't do anything in the waiting. Serve God, do good, live righteously, stand on God's word, but trust that God will open the right doors in the right timing and God will guide you. And even if your foot slips, he will lift you up Because God is gracious and God is good and God loves it when his people seek him. So I hope that encouraged you today. And obviously this is the topic of the entire episode. But if I could leave you with just one piece, seek God and trust him to answer you and let him teach you how to hear his voice. He is good and he is faithful to do it. I love you all. Have a blessed week, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you.
again.